0: Hey, friends and colleagues, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, episode number 90. We are finishing up season three with my dear friend, special guest, business strategist, voice maven, Michelle Marquart devoe We are talking about looking at our businesses, crunching the numbers, all of those important things that we need to do in order to grow our teaching studios. A fun conversation right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Welcome back yet again, my good friend, my business guru, my voice teacher extraordinaire, Michelle marquardt Devoe. How are you? I'm very well. I still have my cold, though. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that.
1: No, but it's okay, because we are talking about one of my favorite things again today. I love that you love this.
0: I love that you love this. Like, I just, it's so, it's so appropriate. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I
1: would hope I would hope that most people who were business strategists and coaches did care about this. But there are those I mean, I can differentiate myself by really loving it. But that's because I did not always have like in our last podcast, we talked about the mindset mm. and that, you know, I will never ask someone to do what I have not done myself. Oh, that's a good point. And so that is. I mean, some people can do, well, I guess that's not true because there are some things that I just couldn't do. All right, Mm. let's not go there. But the point is (laughs) money mindset used to be not as healthy, did a lot of work around it, getting healthier every day. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm very much a growth mindset person. So I don't feel like there's ever you, I don't ever, I don't believe in a rival. Like I don't believe there's no end game. (laughs) No, it's always the journey, the journey, the journey. And so, but I'm on a much healthier journey with money. And when I chose to do that work, it totally changed my relationships Mm. with my family, with Mm -hmm. my friends, with my own pocketbook. And most importantly, because of what I do, my business. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get to talk about today right? Yes. we're going to talk about kind of practical. Yes. So hey, money things.
0: I, uh, this is our uh, final episode of season three of the full voice podcast. And first I'm of honored. all, I want to thank you for being a part. You've come back several times with your wonderful information. I always get amazing feedback from my listeners when you are a guest. And I thought that it would be appropriate to finish up with this topic because um, as I am wrapping up my teaching season for the year, um, I think it's important and it took me a long time to realize this and to accept this, but we have mm-hmm. to look at our business. We have to look back and we have to look at numbers and we have to know how to look at those numbers. Yes. And we need to know how to maybe... Um, uh, project for the coming year. and I think it's something that uh, I think it's something that again creatives it's difficult and we'd addressed a lot of this in our podcast last week and such a great conversation if if anybody's listening to this podcast that has not listened to the money mindset podcast, please do that because it'll make a lot of sense for this one. But I thought this would be a great way to wrap up um, our season and we're coming back in the fall and we'll still have a more amazing interviews and all of that. but, when we're looking at our businesses, when we need to reflect on where we did things well and didn't do things well. So I want to I want to uh, I want to talk about that today. But I actually have a question for you. Kind of a personal question. Yeah. Well, you were saying you were saying when you you've worked really hard with your money mindset and your business mindset, and you're always learning and you did mention, you know, how it changed your relationship. I know that it's difficult. And that's what they say about Mm. relationships. It's usually money that can be the factor that Mm. ruins a relationship. So when you started working on your money mindset, how did that, how did that work with your husband?
1: Ooh, that is personal. Um, there's so much to say. I'm not pausing because I'm don't want to say. I'm trying to decide which would be like kind of the thing that stuck out the most.
0: Like for somebody who's listening who might really be struggling to have these conversations with their spouse. Yeah. Like, how
1: would you? So, my husband is really savvy with mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. He was um, trained. You know, he's a business guy. Trained in numbers. Trained in you know, financial stuff and eats that stuff up for lunch, you know, he's just really good at it. And he's also a great he's really good at math. You know, like I have a very Mm. um, we're not you know, I like to say I don't know math in public. I love that. I've stolen
0: that from you. I say that all the time. I said that to my bank manager the other day.
1: (laughs) I love it. No math in public. So and I'm really open about that because I think that people mix. I am not good at math i I and I don't mean that in a fixed mindset way, it's something that I'm practicing incidentally i this will be super controversial, but my my son, who's eight going through the common core math, I gotta tell you, it's the first time I understand math mm. and I'm like, if they would have taught me math this way because I'm like I'm such a big picture person mm-hmm. that it's like finally making sense to me right um but we won't go down that road, but I'm very excited. I'm having a much healthier relationship with math as well. But like, you don't need to be a math genius in order to look at your numbers. That's why we have Excel Mm. (laughs) Where, (laughs) where we put in the formula. That's why we have calculators on our watches, on our phones, you know, but that you can quote unquote, think you are air quotes, not good at math and still be successful around numbers. Mm-hmm. And so I want you, if you use, I'm not good at math as an excuse, I want you to boot yourself in the booty and <laughs> just get over that. Um, how did it change? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding the question.
0: We do how not have to answer this question if you yeah. don't want to.
1: No, it. Okay. So I think the the biggest change was that I stopped freaking out when things looked scary Mm. and for him, because he, he was always like, we are going to be fine. Will you shut up? (laughs) He was taking that very personally. Like he had somehow, like he felt that I thought he didn't understand money. Mm. Right. Like, like I didn't. And you know, here's, here's the other thing. When I started learning about more money, I started asking more questions. What does our retirement look like? Mm. What does this look like? Where are your investments? How are the how did you decide on the investments? All the things that in my own fear, I was like, well, you're the money guy, you do it. Right. Which was really my fear-based coping mechanism. It was me sticking my fingers in my ears. La 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 la. Right. Um and because I didn't want to know, because mm-hmm. I was scared. And I, when I started having the big ahas about my own relationship with money and, um, it kind of made it easier because now we have, so now we have weekly meetings. (laughs) This is how forgetful we are. Nikki, my husband and I, we have weekly family meetings. We have to take minutes. I love it. (laughs) We have to take minutes because we make decisions and then we don't remember what we decided. So we have a whole like, what we decided to do about this. But now like, I mean, we just went to a wedding in New York and it was, there was no stress about money because we knew upfront, we had a real conversation. Where is this money coming from? We don't have it yet we have this much yet. Let's put it on this credit card. We'll pay off part of the credit card from this situation. When this happens over here for me, I'll pay off the rest of the credit card. And then no debt, you know, no more, nothing on the credit card anymore. And blah, 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 like being able to be like, okay, we want to do this. How are we going to do it? And Mm. that is empowering. Also, being able to just talk about it gave me so much power in our relationship. For, I mean, he had always—he's more feminist than I am—and he always is goading me to like, you just step up and do the thing. Right. Um, you know, it gave me a lot of. um com- it 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 finally let me say what I was thinking.
2: Hmm. So, like,
1: here's a good example. I'll throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> My husband went to the Naval Academy, mm-hmm. and. If any of you out there have Naval Academy people, you will know that there is a very tight bond of people who have graduated from the Naval Academy. In fact, the wedding we went to was I hit one of his roommates at Naval Academy, you know, a, a lot of years later. Still great friends. And my husband decided to donate a lot of money to them and did not tell me.
2: Ooh
1: and pre money pre money work, I don't think I would have said anything that really bothered me. It really upset me, and it wasn't that it wasn't that it upset me that he donated. I mean, I think you should donate to things that you care about, and even the amount didn't upset me. It was the fact that he didn't talk to me about it. ah, and that we didn't come up with a plan around it. But in the past, my fear based money mindset. Or my story around, I don't know enough about money or I'm not good at money would have just made me not say anything and then mm. kind of hold that bitterness inside. Whereas in my new money mindset, I was able to say, hey, dude, like, can you just like ask me first next time? Nice. It's not even about the, the money or the donating or any of that. It's about like, we're in this together. Right. Like we have a family to take care of. And that was a significant four figure donation Mm -hmm. that isn't just, I mean, that's like, that's not pocket change. (laughs) Like, can you please respect me enough Mm -hmm. to know that both of our hard work gave that donation? Right. And he was like, it was awesome because he, he has seen the change in me. And before money mindset, he probably would have. Sassed me back or, you know, said something back. And he looked at me and he goes, you're right. I'm sorry. I won't do that again. Nice. And I was like, oh, my God, we didn't have a fight about this.
0: I'm thank you for sharing that. I think uh, I think you're going to help a lot of people with that story.
1: (laughs) I hope my husband doesn't hear this podcast. So um, hi, Paul. Yeah, Talking about. Yeah. Hi, Paul. Hi, babe. Um, No, he's he is here's another cool thing is now he's starting, he gave me all the financial reins Mm. in the house. And that was huge, huge Mm. in our relationship in terms of um, empowering me, you know, just in that dynamic. Cause when we got married, we were very different people just in our mindsets, right? I mean, that was, you change and you grow, right. But that's, I mean, I guess, You can cut all this out
0: (laughs) because we're kind of going down like marriage, marriage land. No, it's all good. It's all good. Well, I think it's important. It's important. I mean, we look at ourselves as business people, but we do have to relate to the people in our lives. And if we can't, and if it's a struggle, it's going to play out in all aspects of our lives, in our businesses, in our relationships. And uh, the other thing I think is that sometimes if we have a spouse that doesn't have the same type of income, there can be a lot of misunderstanding about, okay, well, you're self-employed, but I have a corporate job or Whatever, you know i'm I have a I'm a salaried employee and you're spending all this money on your business. like there can be a lot of conflict when you have a a self-employed income or if you are your own business and the other person isn't that that is huge. I mean,
1: oh gosh, that is huge. I'm very lucky that my husband is totally into entrepreneurship and stuff, and i I think I've shared that in Speakeasy a lot of, of times about how he he gets it. Like at Mm -hmm. least he gets it. Mm -hmm. But man, I got to tell you how many, I have a job spouses who are people who are are employee material. Like I'm just not a good employee. You know, I'm a good independent contractor. I'm a good partner, but I've I've been down the employee road many times. I do my job well when I do it, but in my soul, I'm not an employee, right? right? Like I like to be out in front. I like to be running the show. That's where my skills are. That's where my strengths are. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I'm not using those, I become a grumpy grumpy person. Um, but it, it this is you know tying it back to these real numbers, mm-hmm. like literally, because that's where I think we're headed here is when you if you are in a situation where your spouse is the salaried employee and more of an employee mindset and doesn't really understand how businesses work and you don't have numbers and you don't have projections and you don't have bookkeeping and you don't have information and data to help explain your choices to that person, that is where trouble happens. Because if you treat, I love this, Patty Barrow in Speakeasy says this and I love it. She says, if you treat your business like a hobby, everybody else will. And that's including nice. your spouse. Yes. Yes. And businesses have cash flow sheets, businesses have KPIs, businesses have accounting charter, <laughs> charts of accounts, right? So you, if you're in that weird thing where your husband or your wife doesn't get it, get some numbers. And it doesn't matter if it's an Excel spreadsheet, it doesn't matter if it's on like an old school ledger, it doesn't have <laughs> paper and pen, it doesn't matter If it's in QuickBooks or in Wave or, you know, whatever of the million different options there are Mm -hmm. for bookkeeping, get with your numbers. Get with them. Lovely segue. (laughs) You're welcome. That was so brilliant.
0: Thank you. I love how you you led that over there. Okay, so let's dive in. We're talking about looking back on a year or a quarter or whatever and crunching and finding the data. now first of all you used a term that people might not be familiar with KPI yes, I did. KPI what's I KPI did.
1: KPI well kind of in the businessy world, key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. so different businesses will or you can also call them success indicators or you know whatever you want. I don't care what you call them they're things you look at. In order to see the health of your business mm-hmm. and how well you are doing or not doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, usually in business that is attached to money, okay, right? So it's not it's not like customer satisfaction that would, but a KPI is key performance indicator, and you look at the numbers because ultimately numbers do. Help us see where we are, where we can grow, where we can change, where we can, uh, like, uh, I like to say where we can Kaizen that stuff, Mm. right? Make it a little bit, a little bit better nice and more efficient. And in my, uh, in my opinion, there are three KPIs that if you're a small business like us, mm-hmm. whether you're sole proprietor or whatever, don't, you know, some companies, they'll literally have like 50 KPIs that they look at, Wow! <laughs> like, you know, just different line items of things that they're looking at that tell them what's working, what's not. Do not do that. In fact, it will overwhelm you and then you will be pissy and then you will give up because it's too much to keep track of. So what I want you to look at is your revenue. Mm hmm your cash flow, and your expenses. And even if you are a sole prop and you take the leftovers, air quotes, after your expenses as your, air quotes, salary, I want you. I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to decide on a salary and I want you to make it part of your expenses. Mm. So because in a real, you know, in an official company, which you are, whether you're a sole prop or not, Uh, Your salary would be part of your expenses, what you're paying to run the business, and you should have profit over that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want you to look at revenue. So what is revenue? Revenue is a fancy word for income. And some people get really confused about this. Mm -hmm. Revenue is everything that comes into your business. All the money that comes in before expenses, before salary, before taxes, before any of that, revenue. Because ultimately, how much you're bringing in is giving you an idea of how, of how much you're making. And it's a very easy number to track. Right. Right. You can just be like, I got this check for $100. I got this check for $100, $200. Boom. Right. Mm-hmm. So look at your revenue. Is your revenue going up? Is your revenue going down? And in what pattern? And this is why mm-hmm. having data over a long period of time is very helpful so that. You can say things like, you don't get surprised by summer.
0: Oh, <laughs> example, yeah. Summer, is right? so many bad feelings about summer seasons, right? Right. Look at last summer, what happened
1: last summer, who stuck around, who didn't stick around, and, but overall, how much money did you make, and what revenue stream did it come from? Mm-hmm. So I believe in having more than one revenue stream, you know, not a ton. Don't drive yourself nuts. So because for every revenue stream you have, you have to create a marketing plan and then an execution plan, um, or at least have an idea of what you're going to do that. And that's a lot of work to have, you know, you got 10 products, that's 10 times marketing, 10 times, you know, execution. That's, that's rough. But if you look and you say, Oh, you know, for the past three years, I ran voice camps and I did voice lessons, but looking at the actual numbers, I made more money in voice lessons than I did in camps. Mm. Why am I doing camps? Because I perceived them to be scale because I perceived them to make more money, but they actually didn't make more money. I can capitalize on this voice lesson thing and maybe put together a special package or a special summer session or a special summer deal or I never make any money in summer. It always drops down. People always leave. Okay, I need to change the conditions of my um, commitment that my students, maybe my tuition needs to go to a 12-month tuition mm-hmm. where I'm still getting paid over the summer. But if they don't want to show up, that's fine because maybe flex weeks are accounted for or maybe, you know, however you choose to put it together. But that would be a good example of why just looking at your revenue over time gives you some really good information.
0: Hmm. um
1: cash flow is different than revenue
0: okay explain cash flow to everybody
1: so cash flow is when is money coming in and when is it going out mm. and this is important when you have things that you're not always getting paid
0: at the same time nice and that's common for our industry totally
1: um, and you can try to manipulate that a little. There's a lot there are ways that you can make that better for yourself. Example, auto pay on the first of the month, right? So mm-hmm. you can this is when I get paid. Mm-hmm. And then, however many days it takes to uh, switch it from whatever your payment gateway is into your bank account. Uh, but it's cash flow is the thing that really, I think screws people up the most because people tend to look at their bank accounts, the number in the bank account. And, oh, side note, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you make $5,000 a year in your business or $150,000 a year in your business. You must have two different bank accounts. You must. That's my rule. Business account and a personal account? Yeah. And even if you're a sole prop, get two personal accounts and use one of them as the business account. I don't care. But separate that stuff and two different credit cards, personal credit card, business credit card if you choose to do credit. But that's kind of a side note. It makes everything so much easier at the end of the year. Oh, and yes. it gives you a lot more information about your business numbers and how they relate to your personal salary, mm-hmm. which also should be something that you can figure out how to make regular and the same, which you can when you have numbers like mm-hmm. revenue and cash flow. So cash flow is when is the money coming in when is it going out? Because here's the deal. If we owe or we have to pay for something that's $400 on the third, but we don't get paid to the fifth and we only have $200 in our bank account on the third, it doesn't matter that we're getting $2,000 on the fifth. Right. It doesn't matter. You don't have the money when you need it. And that's why cash flow is really important. A goal would be to get to the place where all the money you made last month is paying for everything the coming month mm. so that you are kind of one step ahead. There's budgeting software out there that operates like this. YNAB is a really popular one. Mint mm-hmm. also does this. Yep. Budgeting software is not accounting software. Those are two different things. Don't confuse them. You need both of those things to run your business well if you so choose. But cash flow when is it coming in? When, when is it going out? When can I expect? things to come in and go out. And then the third KPI that I want people to look at is simply their expenses. Nice. And for a small business owner, that means your business expenses, not only the ones you literally have currently, but the ones that you want to have Mm. and your personal expenses so that you can figure out what your air quotes salary or owner's draw will be.
0: I love uh, what you're saying about you know giving yourself a salary because for many years when in the early years of full voice um, we, we 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 didn't take a salary we just reinvested everything and after a while it was like huh this isn't fun anymore <laughs> and this is a
1: huge problem in small business this happens in small business I mean I mean big st- small business, like uh, startup companies and venture, you know, venture funded and big companies do this where the owners don't take a salary right away. And I'm like, okay, that is the easiest way for you to go under mm-hmm. easiest before you pay for anything else. You should be paying your salary Right. <laughs> and what, even if your salary, even if for when you're starting out, your own salary is only $200 a month. And then your goal is to make it 300, then 400. And then, you know, by the end of two years, it's 5,000 a month, whatever. You have to be paying yourself something so that you are psychologically motivated to get your stuff in order Mm -hmm. and done. You have to. I I command you all, (laughs) thou star listening.
0: I love that the
1: two the two commandments of Michelle: Thou shalt have two bank accounts, and thou shalt pay themselves a salary, oh, a it. consistent salary of the same amount. You sound like a month.
0: Monty Python knight. <laughs> 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 it's a flesh wound. Oh uh, I. This is such a great conversation because uh, um, I just uh, I have. Uh, I have a meeting with my assistant to uh, sit down and uh, rehash my policies. And uh, in the past, I would have foolishly done this without looking at my numbers. <gasps> right I know so how ridiculous or, I know in my early years I'm like oh well I guess I better raise my rate and I'm only gonna do it this much and I, like it, it there was no data whatsoever used to come up and crunch any numbers and change <laughs> pricing pricing by feeling right not recommended I, not, not recommend, recommended though. at all and um, yeah, so i'm I'm excited because this year I have the numbers and I've got everything's laid out and so my salary and my expenses and rent and all of that, everything's factored in there. and, and it's also nice too because yep. when I'm setting up my policies and if anybody has questions or if anybody, not that I'm all my I'm very fortunate, my parents are amazing, my families are amazing. but if anybody were to question, well, why is this you know why does this go where does this go it's like I will I got a spreadsheet right here tell you where it's gonna go yeah I wouldn't say it that sassy pants but I would be like well I would yeah you would and that's why I love you (laughs) I would
1: yeah I think you know what can we bounce off that for just a little bit um on the revenue thing because I know we're also going to talk about the money that you need to um know about
2: Mm. In addition,
1: so your KPIs, those are kind of your three big numbers that you're looking at every day, right? You're just like, how much revenue did I make today? And you know, obviously, if you're you always get paid at the first of the month. Okay, great. But there's going to be stragglers, especially if you're on one of those systems where you have to invoice and wait to get paid, Mm. rather than paying to book or prepay. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should be just taking a glance at this stuff every day. Mm -hmm. Where am I? What's coming in? What did I, what do I need to spend over today or the next week, even twice a week, right? Mm -hmm. Just look and get in the habit of looking because your budget and your money is a living being, Mm -hmm. right? So like we talked about in the mindset, it flows in, it flows out, it flows in, it flows out. So you need to know when it's flowing in and flowing out all of that. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about revenue for a second in terms of this idea with the spreadsheet and um, justification of rates, so to speak, if you want to call it that is, uh, What's really important to recognize is that revenue and profit are not the same thing Mm. in any way, shape, or form. And this is why I think salaries have to be separate from profit because profit is everything that a business makes above and beyond all expenses, including salaries, And if you are one of those that are kind of like everything that's left over goes to me, then Mm. you are not a profitable business.
0: Nice. Yes.
1: You're not profitable. That means you have zero profit Mm. because you're, you know, so my encouragement to you is you want to be a profitable business. Mm -hmm. So how much are you going to set aside in just a special account that maybe you call profit that shows that your business is healthy. And this is even if you're a sole proprietor act like a business. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I think that sometimes we get a little bit weird about that. If as soon as you own a business, you're going to figure out real fast that revenue and profit are not the same thing.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And and when you have all of your expenses, right now, this is why I have people do that what's in your hour exercise. And then I also make them write down everything they're spending money on in their business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is um when you realize that revenue and and leftover is not the same thing, you get a real kind of eye-opening experience about how money works. Mm. Because I know plenty of businesses that are six-figure business, seven-figure businesses, and yet the take-home, the salary, and the profit of those businesses is just as average as the person next door. Right. And um, I think that's important to recognize, To We have to own that about ourselves, about how we make judgments based on our perceptions of other people's revenue. So- you know, I see in the forums people kind of flabbergasted at what people charge for things
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm like you you are not in their checkbook yes you're i mean you're in their accounting software <laughs> like mm-hmm. you are not in their ledger, and um it costs a lot of money to run a business that is over six figures in middle six figures and man, seven figures. So it costs a lot of money to have a high revenue business. And I think people need to kind of get get that in their head too mm-hmm. when they start thinking about how much money do I want to make? Like that's why I'm saying that because I think people get what oh, well, I want to have a six figure business. It's like great. So if you want to have a, a hundred thousand dollar a year business, Right off the bat, I want you to guess that you're spending 15000 of that on making that happen.
2: And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey, Full Voice listeners. This is Natalie here with another My Music Staff Minute. Spam detection has grown more sophisticated over the years, and there's a chance your studio emails are getting sent to the junk folder. Something called sender engagement now plays a large role in determining which emails make it to your recipients' inboxes and which make it to their junk folder. So what is sender engagement? Email providers will create a sender score to identify your sender reputation. This could be compared to a bank running a credit score, but to determine your reputation as an email sender. If you're sending a high number of emails, but the recipients are not opening or engaging with the emails, your sender engagement will drop and the recipient's email provider may move your emails to junk mail. One surefire strategy to avoid the junk folder is to ask your students and parents to put your email address on a safe sender's list. Aside from this, here are some tips you can do to increase the likelihood of getting to their inbox. Use different email addresses for your promotional and transactional emails. As an example, your invoices and lesson reminders should come from one email and your newsletters and announcements from another. Limit your promotional emails and consider sharing some information in a self-serve environment such as a student portal. If you decide to send promotional emails, aim to send no more than one a month. Make sure they are short and as relevant to the recipient as possible. This will allow people to read the email more quickly and hold their attention. If you offer email lesson reminders, allow families to opt into them rather than making it the default. Start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at www.mymusicstaff.com. Stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice podcast.
1: Right off the bat, I want you to guess that you're spending 15000 of that on making that happen. And
0: and that there, that... That decision right there is, is very difficult. That's the spending money to make money.
1: Mm-hmm. But people, you know, this is why I want to say revenue and, and the expenses and the profits are different because in order to make, it, it, revenue is the big fancy number, but that's not necessarily what you're taking home. And that's also why you have to decide what your salary is going to be and why you have to understand your profit margin, which is how much money am I actually making after all my expenses, that was kind of, kind of a side note, but I think it's important to talk about too, um, because there's probably listeners who are, maybe they're pushing that six figure mark, right? Sure. Or they're, they're pushing the 70, 70,000 mark. Maybe they're pushing the 80,000 mark and they're like, why can't I get over that hump? I would dare you to look at your expenses. I don't think you're spending enough mm-hmm. because there's, I mean, there's data all around how much money you spend in order to like, like, these business owners spend about this much in expenses and you can still run an extremely like 15,000 out of a hundred thousand is still very lean mm-hmm. in terms of how you're running a business. Oh yes. So just something to consider that you might want to be spending more money on your business. If you want to make money, spend a little bit more money on the, on the right things, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, make wise decisions, but
0: no, I love that. And I'm I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking and recalling You guys you should see her face.
1: She totally has think face on I right have now. I think face
0: on. <laughs> no, I was, it's just all of that conversation about investing. I, I, I went back to um the uh, music teachers association and uh when we when we knew as a branch we needed to invest in like a professional website. And mm. It brought up so many negative feelings for people. Oh, we can't do this, and this was a this isn't a successful organization with lots of professional teachers, and it was, it was a little challenging. That's the word I'm going to use at the time to try and have to even just having to explain why it was important. Sure. So
1: there is another kind of term that we can use to talk about just that kind of situation that's ROI return on investment
0: Mm, right
1: and you know these are basic business business words I, I hope I'm not down talking to the audience or anything like that I just want people to feel comfortable with the terms sure um And that's where numbers are really important too because you can say, you know, you and I both know that having a good website is going to be a good return on investment. Mm -hmm. Like we just know that. We don't need um, hard figures or hard data around it because we have lived it. Yes. When I changed my website and when I allowed people to book or when I did this, my income, my revenue went up X. Mm -hmm. But if someone has never even thought of it in those terms before, you have to show them the numbers. You have Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this website is going to cost us $10,000. We want to make that $10,000 back plus $10,000 more in the first year. So how are we going to build the website in order to create the opportunities for that to be remade? Mm. What is the goal of the website? Why are we doing the website? Okay. So let's say we put on this donate now button, and then we do um, this kind of capital fundraising campaign. And then we offer highlight spots for, I'm just making this up, but you know, highlight spots for teachers over here. um, And you can show them, this is how much money this will make. This is how much money this will make. This is how much this money will make if we do one, two, three, four, five, and then in two years it's paid for. And we have $10,000
0: extra. Is that what we would call reverse engineering? Sure. I mean, I don't care what you call it. I call it just being smart. I mean, that comes up a lot. Like you know, when we're planning or when we're looking at numbers, often it's it's a it's a helpful exercise to look at this is what I want to achieve and then work backwards yeah. with the steps that do it rather than
1: Oh, yeah. Oh totally. gosh, I
0: hope I hope I make more money next year. I'd really like to make more money next year. The end.
1: Well, you're, let me tell you, hope brings us very little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do this in my voice studio where I'm like, are you being intentional about this phrase or are you just hope singing? Ooh, I'm I go, oh, I'm stealing that. Oh yeah. Hope singing. It's a thing, right? It's like, Ugh. I'm just going to try it and hope it works. <laughs> it's like, wow. let's not hope sing. You know, there are times for hope singing. This is not that time. <laughs> so... um but yeah, I mean, reverse engineer it, work backwards, uh, crunch the numbers, do projections, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is exactly what we need to do. And, and in my opinion, it's it should never be, I can't afford that. It should be, how can I afford that? Well said. And then that process actually shows you if it's if it's a good return on investment, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, there's that word investment again, this whole spending money to make money is investment is something that you are putting into without immediately seeing something come back. Mm. That's an investment. And, you know, we could talk about debt and how it's different in personal lives than it is in business life. That's a whole other conversation. Right. But sometimes a good investment is to go into debt. But you got you know you plan how you're gonna get out
0: of it, and is the is the debt r o like is there a return on investment? is it smart debt
1: exactly cool, so should we talk about literally um like literally what some of these like spreadsheets should look like?
0: yeah, I would like to know okay. I'm interested because i i i'm one I would love to compare what I do to and maybe get some better ideas, so yes, let's do sure. that.
1: So, the spreadsheets. So, there, there's five areas that I want everybody to have in their head when they are thinking about the money, the monies revenue, mm-hmm. taxes.
0: Nice.
1: Expenses, salaries, profit. Beautiful. If you're smart, you do revenue, taxes, then profit. Than, expen- than expenses slash salaries, salaries than expenses, I would say, because it's mm-hmm. more important to pay yourself. than mm-hmm. There's a great book by um, Michael McCallowitz I think you say he, he wrote a book called Profit First. It's for larger businesses, but it can totally be applied. What I love he does is he says, just have all separate bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I have mm-hmm. separate bank accounts, where I have one bank account where it's all the revenue, everything mm-hmm. comes in, it's the income account. And then I have another bank account that I nicknamed taxes. It's a savings account. And so a me, and then I have another bank account that is nicknamed annuals and profits. And that's where I put in all the money. Like I break down per month, all everything that I would spend on annually. So like an Amazon prime membership, my Nats membership. Um, I don't know. What else do you pay for annually? You know, jov subscription all your website services yeah your app your app
0: subscriptions
1: sure all of that that should be in a spreadsheet all added up and then divided by 12 so that you know every month you're pulling that out of your income and putting it into a savings account so that when it comes up all you got to do is pay it and then move this the money back into whatever your payment account is right your Mm -hmm. expenses account um And then I I have a couple special accounts that are for specific events. So like we're doing the Speakeasy Live event in October, all of the registration money, I opened a separate account for that. All the registration money comes in and I just put it right into that account so that when it's time, you know, as we pay for those things to make that thing happen, it's the money is there. I'm not worried if it accidentally got spent. I'm not worried where it is. It's there. I am like a fan of hoarding bank accounts. Don't be shy of that, right? (laughs) Just get it all because here's the reality. And this is what the um, Profit First uh, book kind of talks about is like, let's face it we like to look at our bank accounts to see how much money we have instead of our ledgers, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's a good point. We do. That's how, that's how people tend to look at their money, especially now that everything's online and it can be so immediate. Mm-hmm. It's not like checks where you're not sure what's coming in or out, but um, as much anymore and balancing that way. But go ahead, open up a ton of accounts and save the taxes money. Mm-hmm. So the money all comes in I have it set up to all come in around the same time, so it's a big influx of money. I immediately move, I immediately write myself my salary check. Then I immediately move the money for my taxes into my taxes account. I immediately move some profit into my profit account. And I immediately move my savings, my uh, annuals, immediately. Hmm. Right at the top, right as soon as the money comes in, I put it in those other accounts. So that it's like, just don't even touch it. And then if, you know, someone registers for Speakey's Live, put it in there, blah, blah, blah. Then you have your expense sheet, right? Mm -hmm. Your expense sheet for your business should have every single thing you spend on your business. Everything from having a cup of coffee with a business friend to sheet music to the conference that you want to go to, Mm. everything, not just what you are spending, but what you want to spend because you want that money to be accounted for every dollar. You know, YNAB has this thing where, uh, YNAB by the way, is a software. You need a budget. It's funny. I don't use it (laughs) anymore because I just got tired of doing, doing it, but, and I have other ways of doing it, but it's really helpful if you've never kind of budgeted and saved money for things before. Mm. Um, but just everything that you know you want to spend, you have your one where it's all the monthly things where you know you're going to pay for it monthly. Mm-hmm. You have another list where it's all your annuals, you know, what month, maybe it's the list of the name of the thing, then the next column on a spreadsheet might be what month and day it's taken out. The third is the how much it is. Mm-hmm. And then you divide you know, add it all up, divide by 12, that's how much you know you have to put in your savings so that it can be paid for properly at the time. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at all of that. And in my opinion, you for cash flow, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone on the spreadsheet. You can put not only the expenses, line items in each uh, row, but then the next column over, you can say, "When in the month does it come out?" And you just add all it up. And then you can see, oh, based on the revenue, Am I going to have enough money to cover my expenses? And you know ahead of time. And then you can adjust. You can say, hmm, well, maybe I went out to eat with my colleagues a little bit too much last month, so I'm not going to do that this month. Or... I want, I actually have this trip plan, this trip plan, this trip plan. So this is how expensive this month is going to be. Where am I going to get that? How am I going to get that money? I see my revenue is a little, a little too low for what I want my expenses to be. Do I want to go ahead and use it on a credit card? Great. I'll pay for it on my credit card, but I'll plan to add $150 on my credit card payment line item over the next six months to, to knock that thing out. Is that helpful?
0: It, you make it sound so easy. I think I think I think we just get so wrapped up emotionally that it just overwhelms us but when you when you have those whether it's bank accounts or line items on a, or a spreadsheet it just
1: Yeah, this is what I do.
0: If you've never
1: done this before, this is the first thing I have people do and it's laborious on purpose. Mm. It's laborious on purpose. I tell them print out your last 12 months of bank statements and credit card statements. Now, hopefully, like I said at the beginning, if you have two different accounts, this will be easier than if you try to do this all in one account. Mm -hmm. And you will, you will prove to yourself that you want to do two accounts by doing this. (laughs) So that's why print out all 12. That's a lot of paper and ink. Yes, I know. But that is the cost of getting to know your numbers. Then you take three highlighters. If you have the one account and you know, there's going to be personal then take four highlighters okay. different colors. Mm-hmm. The first color in your little key you call monthly and you just go through and you highlight everything that happens every month, no matter what. Right. So, so like subscriptions and just sure. Okay. Yes. Your subscriptions. Um, maybe you have a gas bill, maybe a, A rent for a third party location, maybe, and they're not things that you can make annual because you will save money. If you can get the capital to make something in an annual, Mm -hmm. I suggest you do it Mm -hmm. because you will, you'll save money over time. Usually there's a perk for paying things annually. Mm -hmm. So even if it's a big chunk of money, like I'd rather pay $500, I'd rather have the capital in my business to pay $500 for a service upfront than wind up paying 800 over the year. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lot of money, but three hundred dollars is a lot of money. Find that capital, you know? Yeah. Anyway, the first highlighter color is monthly. And you just everything that happens every month, like clockwork, it's not going to change. There's not a lot that you can do about it. Second color is annuals. So you go through and this is where you realize all the stuff you forgot that you paid for. Like your Dropbox subscription oh. or your DMV fees if you have a company
0: car. Those, you know, like just all those kinds of things. Those annual subscriptions. Uh, yeah. You can do this in your personal stuff too. This is yeah. very helpful for your personals mm-hmm. because
1: then you'll know what your salary needs to be. hmm Anyway, go ahead. You were going to say something and I interrupted.
0: No, I was just going to say those those annual subscriptions. So like you said, I, I prefer to pay for like whether it's a website fee or a processing fee. I always huh. pay for them subscription like for a year because you do. You save like anywhere from 10 to 20 percent. And oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden you're like wait a second, why was, why was my, oh, it's my website, it renewed, I forgot, or, or I've even been burned by those where there was a subscription, and you didn't know that it was, like, automatically on auto renew, and you weren't gonna use it, and that has, I've been burned by that, like, I think it was, like, for the Wafoo Forms. Right, And it was just, I used it for maybe, yeah, it was like a long time ago. I was like, I got this this service. It was for collecting secure data and then used it for six months and went, no, this isn't, I don't need to do this anymore. And then forgot that it was gonna renew. And it wasn't cheap. It was like $167 US, which is like $800 Canadian. There it is. See, I got it in. You did it. I did it. Um, but it was it's a true. lot of money and then you you I mean they had good customer service because I called them and said I don't really want this and they refunded but a lot of those companies won't do that they they won't and they don't and you know
1: what and they don't have to because nope. they did tell us mm-hmm. they did tell us and we just when we didn't gave them our money yeah forgot. yeah I mean I always I'm always like dang me when I forget those things and you, sometimes you get lucky you do. And they're very, you know, they, they want to do the customer service game where you talk good about them, but you know, come on, own your, own your, own your mistakes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the annuals. Also, please don't judge yourself for forgetting. Everybody does.
0: Yeah.
1: You only forget once or 10 (laughs) times. You only forget (laughs) once or 10 times. You just write it down in your spreadsheet. This is when, what month it comes out. So, um, that's the second color is the annuals. The third color would be all of your um, incidentals, mm. right? So now under annuals, I would also include. It depend. It depends on if how well you like to budget your travel and stuff. Some people like to put their annuals, like all their travel fees, under annuals because they know they're going to go to certain conferences. They sure. know that it's going to be about, you know, thousand dollars a year in travel and 10000 You know, ten thousand and whatever. I don't know. Make something up, but. Um, and some people like to do that as one offs, right? So your third color is like just the random crap you buy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um this doing this over every single month for the last 12 months gives you a very interesting picture of how you spend mm. and when you spend mm-hmm. back to cash flow. And then you can go through all 12 and you can use those things to create your spreadsheet. Right. So you can say, okay, here are my monthly expenses. Here's everything I highlighted for my monthlies. Here's my annuals. Here's my incidentals. And I'm a big fan of like, I again, I don't care where you spend money. I don't care. Do we say it on the recording or were we just chit chatting where where I was saying I'll go through this exercise with people and and they Yeah, no,
0: you we recorded that and I and I'm glad you said that. Because it's like, I don't care if you buy
1: two, I have a Starbucks budget, friend. Like, I, spent, I purposely line item. I like to go to Starbucks. It's a treat for me. So I plan on spending that money. Mm-hmm. I don't care what, what you spend your money on. Buy your, you know, three nail polishes and two sets of fake eyelashes and your
0: new keen running shoes. I think that's fantastic. Heck yeah, do it. My line items. One of my favorite line items that I always budget for are the the I have a thing for stationery and pens and Japanese websites that have cool stickers and pens and fun things because I get them for prizes for my students, but I budget for it.
1: Yeah, it's all about knowing where the money is going Mm -hmm. and not about judging about where the money is Mm -hmm. going. If you know where it's going, then you have an opportunity to say, is that valuable to me this month? and will I choose to spend that or not? But it's not like inherently wrong to have line items on your budget that you want, mm-hmm. you know, that goes for personal and business, right? Uh, you gotta be careful and make sure that you can justify everything and, you know, tax law and all that kind of thing. Not everything is expensable, no matter how much you can finagle that. Right. I can make some, I can make some pretty good arguments about things, but you know, not everybody's comfortable with that level. Um, and then if you have the one account, your fourth highlighter color should be just personal mm. because that will also show you, oh, look at the amount of shenanigans I'm going through.
0: <laughs> um,
1: the other reason why you want all of these spreadsheets is you want to be able to categorize things up front so that when it comes tax time, you're not trying to figure out 12 months worth of expenses and categories. Mm-hmm. That's silly, silly.
0: hmm
1: so, figure it out on the side, figure it out as you go. And uh, you probably will be able to have more money than you think yeah. available to you. So, our three KPIs we're looking at just every day, kind of giving us a pulse on the business is the revenue, the cash flow, and, and the general expenses. Mm-hmm. We look at the expenses in these spreadsheets that we've created the spreadsheets around revenue, taxes. Profit, expenses, and salaries. Now, how you figure out your salary mm. is you do that exact exercise with the highlighters. Yeah. You do that exercise in your personal accounts. Mm. So you see how much do you actually have to make. Nice. In order to pay your bill, you know, pay your bills. So mm-hmm. think of yourself like. Think of yourself as a business, that your business, even if you're a soul prop, allow your brain to go that your business is a completely separate thing from you. Right. And you are an air quotes employee of your business, even though you're doing uh, an owner's draw. Right. But you'll be taking care of your taxes through your estimated payments and all
0: that. Mm-hmm. I love you. And i my poor husband, when he gets home. I'm going to be handing him some highlighter pens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, pick your, pick your color. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you so much for sharing this information. And I want to, uh, shout out and celebrate all the teachers listening to this i i hope that this has been inspiring and empowering and i want nothing but success for everyone and and just to to love their businesses and have their businesses grow and i think this this is a conversation that doesn't happen enough in a productive way and an inspiring way and i thank you so much
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity to hang out with you. I look forward to these podcasts so much, just hanging out with you. And I know your listeners are balls because I get to <laughs> hang out. I like go and I stock the, your group there. And there's always so much. It's just a great energy in there most of the time. Yeah. I love, I love
0: my, it. I love my voice teachers for young singers group. There's some really fantastic people from all over the world. And I, I, yeah. Again, I, I want to shout out to uh, all the Speakeasy members, though. They're they're yeah. many. Most of them are in the group, but all of our Speakeasy friends and members for everything that they've done this year. I know we've I mean, talk about when you get around your numbers,
1: we've got a member who is expanding their multi-teacher studio. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's scary but she knows exactly what she needs to do. That's the other thing. The freedom you get. Numbers are freedom. Numbers mm, are freedom. Yeah. You get to look and you get to go, dang, I can do this. I, this is what I need to do. So much good freedom. Um, We've got a member who's expanding their multi-teacher studio. We've got one. I'm so excited. Did you see there was a post this morning? She's like, I just taught my first voice lesson. <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome, right?" Like, <laughs> like she's trained, and she's like excited, and it's cool to see. You know, just cool to see. Like, we've got this super experienced kind of six figure situation over here, on one hand, and then we have. I just taught my first voice lesson in the it. same. It's just cool, right? It's it cool. Is. It um, is. I'm probably shooting myself in the foot here, but if anyone in your uh young teachers group wants to tag me with a question. Oh, about I, thank what we you. talked yes. about? Um I I will I promise I'll do my best to get to it. Um I think we all know Facebook it can be funky and a little hard. It's so hard to keep up with
0: everything. I but, struggle every day. Every day I yeah, look in and I'm like, "Oh, so there's hard. so much information here." Um yeah, I I really but, appreciate that. Yeah. So for those of you who are members of the Voice Teachers for Young Singers Forum, Michelle is a wonderful participating active member. And uh, when uh, when you uh, well when we post the uh, the podcast information, I'll put that information. But uh, but be kind, because uh, it may take her a while to respond. Does that fair? Be kind. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Thank you, and. This is all this is going to sound like kind of rude, but I don't mean it to be rude. It's um tag me in the forum and don't personal message me and here's why. I can almost guarantee you I won't get to the personal message mm-hmm. in a timely manner mm-hmm. because I just can't. Plus, your question other people have it. Yeah. Yeah, other thank you. Other people have your question. Yes. And they can learn from your question and there is no stupid question. Mm. So especially when it comes to this stuff, when you're trying to remap your brain around how to think about your business from a financial standpoint, in mm-hmm. addition to the customer service standpoint, addition to the voice lesson standpoint, it's, there's some stuff you got, you're like, bleh, 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 you know, um, but Don't PM me, not because I don't want to talk to you, but because I probably won't get to it. And then I would hate for you to feel ignored, number one. And then number two, other people have the same question and we want them to get in on the goodness too. I love it.
0: I love it. Well, I am wishing you, we will be in touch, but I am wishing you an amazing summer. Do you have plans this summer? Big plans?
1: Yeah, I'm doing the um, How to
0: Run Your Voice Biz Without Hating Your Boss. Ah, that's right. I'm going to put a yeah. link to that. So for any oh, okay. any listeners that are ready, willing, and able, and courageous, uh, Michelle's course. Courageous. Uh, courageous. You, you got to have that courage there. Um. Uh, it
1: is application only this time.
0: Ah, so they have to apply.
1: Yeah, and okay. it, it's because I really want a solid group and I want I want people to be ready to mm-hmm. do the work because it's going to be 10 weeks of in in it's going to be intense in a great way and very bonding. There's going to be a lot of bonding, a lot of fun, a lot of education, a lot of coaching. It's doing group coaching, training, one-on-ones with me, workbooks, like it's going to be fantastic. But it I, it's just not for people who are like kinda mm-hmm gotcha it's not for it's not for me it's for people who are like i want to change in my business i want to learn about these things and have some good solid
0: foundation in order to move forward over my next fiscal year
1: that's what it's about
0: brilliant brilliant that's exciting i will put links to your information And uh, again, as always, thank you so much for sharing your amazing information and your passion for all things business with our listeners. And Michelle will be back for season four of the Full Voice podcast, which is going to be starting up in September. So don't you worry. We will have this lovely lady back with all her fine, fine information. What do you want to talk about in in the next season? Why don't we ask the people, the listeners? Oh, that's a great idea.
1: We will do that. Why don't we say, hey, listeners, what would you like to hear Nikki and Michelle riff on? We could do like a AMA where we just like, and like no holds barred, ask us anything.
0: That that could be fun and also dangerous.
1: <laughs> that's why it would be fun because that's it's true. dangerous.
0: All right. You have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And uh, I will I will see you next season. Okay. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. A very special thank you to Michelle for that wonderful conversation. And before I sign off, I want to thank all of my guests from season Three. I have had so many fantastic conversations with passionate voice teachers, business experts, social media experts, so many amazing people, and I am so grateful that they could share their time and their expertise with my listeners. Now, I am so excited. We have already gotten started on season four, which will be coming to you the end of August August 2019. I have incredible guests lined up, wonderful giveaways. As always, our freebie Fridays are going to be part of our podcasts, and just so many things for you, the private teacher who is in the trenches, working every day, sharing their love of singing with others. Now, I do need to thank the wonderful people at My Music Staff for the My Music Staff Minute. And they also will be returning to share their great business tips with you. And I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and listening. If you took the time to leave a review and a rating, thank you. And if you haven't done that yet, well, I cannot thank you enough for thinking about doing that. Please visit our website, thefullvoice.com. We have so many incredible resources for you and your teaching studio, and I want to bring your attention to the Happy Singing Teacher box. It is only available at our website. It has all of our resources at a discounted price so that you can get started with fun and educational resources for your young singers. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice
1: Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our
0: website at thefullvoice.com. May my like canoe music. Canoe